Hello and welcome to Against the Grain, a podcast centered around self-exploration, leadership, lifestyle change, and soul-driven success. I'm your host, change advocate and coach, Louise Fuster, here to help you expand your capacity to adapt to change and move with momentum towards leading your life your way. Join me as we explore what it takes to cultivate a strong sense of self, lead from the heart, and boldly pursue change as a choice. This podcast will help you think, act, and live differently, giving you the green light to make meaningful shifts that feed your soul and ultimately shape your own success. Your life is yours to lead. You are capable of incredible things. And this podcast is your reminder. It can be both courageous and impressive when you bravely bite the bullet and make a big change in your life, when you finally make that bold move. And it can also be tough, really tough, to then have things go to shit and it not work out as you had hoped or expected. On today's episode of Against the Grain, I'm discussing the dilemma of dealing with changes that don't go to plan, the challenges we face when we intentionally take the leap to make a big life change, when we're the ones driving that change, yet things don't work out in our favour. I'm sharing a time when I packed up my life, made a move interstate in search of warmer weather and to be closer to my family, and, well, nothing quite worked out as I had hoped. It was a costly move a move that resulted in me going financially backwards in a hurry, where I went from being flushed with funds at 40 to flat out broke at 41. So what do you do when the shift you make shatters your stability? Well, you might be hoping in this episode, I'll provide you with the perfect remedy of what to do when you find yourself in this predicament or in a similar sticky situation, that I'll tell you the thing you need to do. But I'm not. And I won't. Why? Because it's not just one thing, it's lots of things, and that's the thing. So allow me to paint the picture a little, set the scene as such. I'd been living in Melbourne for four years, and before that, Abu Dhabi. And after experiencing a meltdown in my corporate role, I quit and took two months off to look after myself. It was then, during the cold, wet months of Melbourne, I decided I was so over it and needed a sunnier outlook. My husband was open to making a move, so once again we packed up our lives, this time to relocate to the Gold Coast where my family was. Now, we didn't have jobs lined up for when we arrived, but with all the wealth of knowledge, skills and experience we both had, we weren't in the slightest bit concerned about not finding decent work. In fact, almost immediately, I nabbed a nine-month maternity cover contract role in the events industry. The tenant's lease on our apartment was coming to an end, so within a month of arriving, we would have a place to live, our own place, which was nice. And also, we were well in advance with our home loan repayments and had a few months of emergency savings in the bank too. So we were by no means going about this move willy-nilly. We weren't being reckless. We had put thought into planning this big move and making this lifestyle change work. And I'd moved before many times, I'd packed up everything to go live on the other side of the world solo and that worked out, but not this time. 11 months later, our four-wheel drive was packed to the brim and we were back on the road, only this time we were making the move back to Melbourne, 
tail between my legs, feeling shame, disappointment, and not at all keen to arrive in the depth of winter. We were broke. And I hadn't been this broke since I was an apprentice in my early 20s. I was 41 and essentially having to start from scratch, relying on borrowed money from my mum until we got back on our feet. So what went wrong? How did I go from being flush with funds to flat out broke within a year? Well, lots went awry, but not one specific thing. It was a culmination of many that played a part in our predicament both circumstances beyond our control and not-so-great choices we made. It started when our tenants stayed past their end-of-lease date, with approval from us, but then we needed to outlay an exorbitant amount of money to stay in temporary accommodation while we waited for them to vacate, which we didn't consider when we approved their extension. And when we did eventually move into our apartment, we eagerly spent a chunk of our savings on minor refurbishments to freshen it up. Then my dad unexpectedly passed away just five months after we moved to the Gold Coast, which was a huge blow. And it was two days before my birthday. I made a choice to pull the pin six months into my nine-month contract as I was already over the long three-hour daily commute to and from my workplace. And all the while, my husband Ben was battling to land a decent full-time job, continually getting told he was overqualified for the roles he'd applied for. WTAF? Like, seriously? (laughs) And after many reliable years, our four-wheel drive decided she needed some urgent, major, and costly repairs. And somewhere in the midst of all that, we excitedly booked and paid for a three-week Vietnam holiday, which was long before our purse strings got pulled tight. So as you can see, it wasn't one thing in particular that upended our well-laid-out plans. And it was much the same when it came to sliding ourselves out of that sticky situation. There was no perfect remedy to pull us out. It wasn't just one thing. It was lots of things. We may have limited control over the challenges that get thrown our way. However, we do have considerable control over the anchors we use to stabilize our situation. And in today's episode, I'm going to talk about the things I called upon and acted on to help me cope with the change that didn't quite work out as I'd hoped. And the first one was being able to let go of blame and shame. Now, you could have the best laid out plans and still there's always a chance that things will end up differently than you'd hoped. There's things you can control and some things are out of your control. And sometimes things just go off the rails. Fact is though, there's nothing you can do to change what's already done, which means there is nothing to be gained from blaming and shaming yourself for the bad choices and mistakes you might have made. When going through a rough patch, self-love and self-accountability must coexist. Sure, acknowledge that you feel disappointed. Acknowledge that you feel partly responsible or fully responsible. Acknowledge your feelings, but don't hold on to them. Let them go. You can still show compassion towards yourself in the present moment while believing in your ability to make better decisions in the future. My husband and I were in this mess together, so of course we often had discussions about what we could have or should have done differently, and that was therapeutic to talk about it. But once you've dissected the would-bes and could-bes, purge those blame and shame thoughts for good and move on. Don't stay in the coulda, shoulda, woulda conversations. They're not productive to have. You want to be looking forward, not behind. 
which brings us to looking at the here and now and only focusing your attention there in that space. When you're facing a problem, the best thing to do is to firstly zoom out just to keep some perspective on the situation at hand. Sure, you may feel like this issue is ginormous, but it's not your entire life. It's just one component and it won't go on forever. And then you want to zoom in with the purpose of finding a solution, something you can put your energy into now. The worst thing you can do is zoom right in and get caught up in all the minor details and ruminate over why or how it all went to shit. This just keeps you in the mess. You take your power back by focusing on the opportunities in front of you. This is not a time to think too far ahead. You don't want to or need to look at how far you have to go. The key is to stay focused while you're in the fire. So what's your next best step to get you away from the situation you find yourself in? What can you do now to solve your problems in stages without inviting overwhelm? Now, I didn't have a plan B to being broke. Why would I? I didn't expect this relocation, this lifestyle change to not go in my favor. So what did I do? What did we do? We focused on what we could do today and the week or fortnight ahead, no further. What we needed to do immediately to alleviate our financial strain and generate some income. And what did that look like for us? Well, we became stallholders at the local farmer's market and sold popcorn on weekends. Yes, freshly popped hot popcorn. We had to get out of bed just after 4am to get to the market site and set up the stall. And if you know me, you know I don't do mornings. That's not my jam. Then after we packed the stall up at midday, we went straight to do five or six hours of hospitality work, amongst other things. We did what we needed to do and what we could do easily enough. We didn't allow our egos to get in the way of our goal. We knew what we were doing was a temporary band-aid to our predicament. We weren't making decisions based on where we wanted to be in a year. We weren't even thinking about that. We were doing whatever could help us in the here and now. That's it. That's the attitude we had towards the situation. And that's the attitude you need to embrace also to be able to deal with things not going to plan. Something else you need to do is to remain centred and calm during the eye of the storm. Not the easiest, I know, in the midst of chaos and uncertainty, but now is not the time to be reactive and potentially make irrational decisions. Your nervous system determines the lens through which you comprehend your capacity, the level at which you feel safe enough to take action. An activated nervous system stops you seeing clearly, thinking creatively and seeing solutions. Therefore, it is not beneficial by any means if your nervous system is shot to shit, if it's faulty, in a state of disrepair, not functioning properly. The decisions you make to rectify your situation need to be made carefully and from a calm and centered place. You need to be able to remain focused on finding a solution while still attending to all your other responsibilities. Now, you may or may not be able to control your outer circumstances, but you can have some control over the way you respond. How? By allowing yourself space to prioritize and nurture your well-being. Otherwise, you'll have nothing to give back to yourself in times of need. The success of my husband and I being able to find solace in accepting what our situation was without allowing it to consume our peace of mind was due to us being able to manage our uneasiness and at times anxiousness 
by engaging in stress-reducing activities. We still practice yoga. We made sure we got outside and went for walks and bike rides along the beach. We found joy in no-cost activities. We relaxed by binge-watching TV series. It's where I finally got sucked into that phenomenon that was Game of Thrones four years after it premiered. Yep, I binge-watched the first four seasons in one month. How you respond to challenging situations is directly linked to the state of your well-being. It's essential to prioritise your own needs. You invest in self-care, what I coin as soul care. This sets you up to make safe and solid choices from a grounded and connected place. What else helps you to shift out of this sticky situation? Well, that's having a solid reason to change it and being committed to doing what needs to be done. The driving factor for my husband and I was a thought of potentially losing our apartment, of not being able to make the mortgage repayments. We didn't want to default on a monthly payment, not even one. That thought alone was enough for us to pull our socks up and just get on with it. We were committed to doing what we needed to do. We knew our property was in high demand on the rental market. We knew we could get tenants in straight away paying rent, essentially paying our mortgage. But what that meant for us was another location move. Was that ideal? Hell no. Was it what I wanted? Nope. Was it needed at the time? Yes. We were doing what we needed to do to shift away from the situation we were in and keep our heads above water. We were committed to making another change. When you've got a good enough reason, a personal reason to change your situation for the better, well, that's the driving force you're looking for. A great question to ask yourself when you're dealing with a change that hasn't quite gone to plan is this. What drives me to get out of this situation? Knowing your why for making another change, a change that could be just as scary or just as big as the one that didn't work out, will help give you clarity. And that'll give you more confidence to push on. Now, what's also important is allowing yourself to grieve the outcome you wanted, but missed out on. We can feel frustrated, bitter, and unhappy about things not working out the way we had wished. And that's okay. It's okay to feel mad, sad and even conflicted about it. These are all normal expected emotions when dealing with unexpected change and disruptions to our grand plans. By God, it can be difficult to feel happy when the changes you sought haven't gone to plan. So don't shy away from getting all up in your feels. Me? Oh, I felt it all. Yep. I was upset that I wasn't able to continue living on the beautiful, sunny, warm Gold Coast. I moved there because I was done with dealing with the cold, wet, windy weather down south. I was immensely annoyed that we would have to go back to renting a shoebox apartment in Melbourne when we had so much more space in our own apartment in Queensland. And I love our apartment. It has a bath and I love baths. It has a beautiful big balcony with foxtail palms and we only have to walk 200 metres to be at the water's edge. I was also pretty darn pissed I had to put on hold for God knows how many more years getting a dog I had desperately wanted for so long. Fun fact or not so fun fact, it would take another six years of me waiting until a landlord finally agreed to us having a pet. So I know fully how missing out on what you would hope for is a bitch. 
Allowing yourself to grieve what you missed out on is a crucial part of being able to deal with the experience you're currently navigating. What you don't want to do is judge yourself for not being able to make it work. You gave it a shot and honestly, that's way more than most people ever do. The next one I have to share with you is to be open to inviting in different perspectives. When you're right in the guts of a challenging and testing situation, uncovering alternate perspectives on how to shift your situation can be difficult. It's like trying to solve a thousand-piece puzzle. You diligently scrutinize the picture on the box, looking for different approach angles, yet you still make moves depending on how your brain works. Maybe you start with piecing together certain colors, or you might complete the border first and work inwards from there. I bet if you sat down to piece together that puzzle with a friend or family member, they would more than likely have a different approach to how they would go about solving it. They can guide you to find a fresh perspective and redirect you if needed. And it's a damn good idea to explore different perspectives from people you trust and have your best interests at heart. Your support squad can help you see options you might have missed and uncover pathways forward you couldn't have comprehended. Be open to inviting in different perspectives when you're dealing with a tough situation because sometimes changing how you view something is all that's needed to escape it. Now, this support squad, they're there to offer you more than a fresh perspective. They're also the golden souls you want to lean on for support. Oftentimes, we can feel embarrassed about the situation we've found ourselves in, especially when it's been ourselves that got us in this mess. We think the load is all on us to get ourselves out of it. But our really good friends, colleagues and close family can provide the strong support system we need. Whether that's a listening ear, sharing a new perspective, offers of financial or material assistance and even distractions. It's truly a blessing to be able to lean on loved ones for support. Having this solid support structure around you helps you to feel safe and secure and allows you to build the resilience you need to get through the rough patch. However, it's up to you to communicate if you need support from them, emotionally or financially, you will need to ask. And this can be tough. I had to ask my mum to loan us money. I mean, she offered it many times, and while, yes, I accepted that I needed some assistance, it was so hard for me to actually ask for it. Also being open and honest to our good friends about the dilemma we were in proved to be fruitful. One close friend offered her house rent-free for two weeks as they were leaving for holidays right when we were arriving back in Melbourne to start all over again. And another friend who had just made a move abroad to live in Italy generously allowed us to stay in their home for a whole month with us just paying for utilities until we found our own place to move into and worked again towards financial stability. These treasured friends and family, don't be embarrassed to lean on them for support. They are in your life to help you celebrate the good times and also provide support during the bad times. And finally, when you've hit rock bottom or close to it and you have no idea what's next, it's trusting that despite the turmoil, you will figure it out. It's okay not to know what's next. Don't be afraid of that. See, you don't know what the future holds. You can't seek certainty on what will come. Therefore, when you're faced with a setback in life, can you take it as an opportunity to think differently, to look at things from a different angle, to see what else might be available, to play with different possibilities, 
to try new things, to be more solution focused. You see, the people who take the lead and own their life, the self-leaders, that's what they do. When there's a problem, yelp, they solve it. When things get hard, they dig in. They don't have the answers either. However, they do have faith in their ability to figure shit out. In essence, they trust themselves. Can you? Can you lean on yourself when the going gets tough? Can you confidently say you have your own best interests at heart and you'll try your best and you'll feel assured that everything will work out okay? When we have our own backs, we come to realize that there are way more options out there available to us than we realize. You don't need to know with certainty how you're going to turn your situation around. You just need to have faith in your ability to figure things out and a burning desire to change the trajectory of your life. So that's it. That's the multitude of things I was able to have control over from my end when I was dealing with a change that didn't end up how I had imagined. I was able to let go of blame and shame. I focused only on the right here, right now moment. I consciously chose to stay centered and calm. And I knew my super solid reason on why I wanted to change our situation. I allowed myself to grieve what I wanted but missed out on. I was open to hearing different perspectives. I leant on loved ones for support and I trusted we would figure it out. Actually, let me add one more thing in while I'm here, which I didn't note, and that is to focus on the wins. You know, even though this particular relocation was a write-off, I was extremely grateful that I got to spend more time with my dad in the five months before his passing than what I had in the previous five years. It was also the first time in seven years our entire family was together for Christmas and we had so much fun and I could see how chuffed dad was about that. For Ben and I, we got to solidify what it was we truly valued and we strengthened our relationship as well as our resolve. And the relevance of me developing business acumen through having a market stall is not lost on me today with the work I do now. They were the wins. So as I close this episode, my message I hope to impart is to not be put off from taking a leap and making a big life change. We often crave control and certainty in our day-to-day lives. So yes, it takes a lot of courage to dabble in discomfort and pursue a change without fully knowing what will happen next. But be brave, be open to new experiences and opportunities, because no matter what you choose, it'll come with its version of hard. Hardship is part of our human experience and change will happen whether it's on your terms or not and whether you like it or not. This is why I'm such an advocate for cultivating a healthy attitude towards change. It's so important. It helps us prepare for the times when life takes a turn we didn't expect and gives us an outcome we didn't want. So my friends, when you happen to find yourself in a place different to what you expected, Firstly, no, there is no perfect remedy to get you out of it. There's no magic medication to soothe your suffering. As you can see, the answer isn't just one thing. It's lots of things. And that's the thing. 
Well, that's a wrap for today's episode of Against the Grain. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you heard, it'd be so freaking awesome of you to hit download, give me a follow, please leave a five-star review, and of course, spread the love so we can encourage even more women to boldly lean into change and take the lead to build a life they're proud of and pumped about. Thank you so much for listening today, and I look forward to connecting with you again in the next episode of Against the Grain.